Thank you for your faithfulness. If you would turn with me in your Bible tonight to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Begin reading at verse 51 down through verse 56. Luke chapter 8, verse 51. It says, And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden, and all wept. And bewailed her. But he said, Weep not. She is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Verse 52 and 53 again, it says, And all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. I got a rude awakening several years ago when I had somebody, an authority over me, Look me in the eyes and say, Landon, we don't care what you think. That was a tough pill to swallow. The reality is there are people that don't care what you think. But I hope you're not too offended tonight when I tell you, I don't care what you know. Tonight, for just a little while, I want to talk to you on the subject when what I know doesn't matter. When what I know doesn't matter. Can we lift our hands all over this house right now? Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence that is in this place. God, we thank you, Lord, that you have been with us through it all. God, and we're able to stand here tonight and lift our hands and lift our voice unto you. I pray right now that you would anoint these lips of clay. God, that your word would go forth. God, that somebody's mind, somebody's heart would be changed in this place tonight. God, we don't want to leave this place the same way that we came in. Change us tonight, God. Do a work in this place. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. I am thankful tonight that there are still a very few intelligent people around. It seems like our world is full of ignorant people. You see them everywhere you go, but there are some people who still have a lot of know-how. They have a lot of experience. I'm thankful for books. I'm thankful for schools and tutorials and classes I'm thankful for people who push the limits and sell uncharted waters. I'm thankful today that there are people who have managed to do the impossible in the medical fields. 
I'm thankful for advancements and opportunities that technology has given to us. But what I know of all there is to know is still so very small. You see, the geniuses that go on jeopardy, these winners that seem to know everything about everything, and it makes you wonder what in the world was I doing in school when all of this was being talked about. It makes you wonder if these people still live at home with their moms and dads, searching the web, looking at Wikipedia, watching YouTube tutorials, opening history books to learn all the random things so they might one day get to be on Jeopardy. But there are some things that does not take a rocket scientist to figure out. There are some things we just know. It is fact. I know it. You know it. The neighbors know it. Everybody knows it. We know fire is hot. We know that water is wet. We know that God is good. We know that we are here tonight. We know what we need from God tonight. There is no question to those things. There is no gray area. We know. You see in Luke chapter 8, Jairus comes to Jesus who had only this one daughter and she lay a dying I don't know what was wrong with this girl. I don't know what kind of sickness she had or what tragedy might have occurred that caused things to unfold in the way that they did. But I do know that there came a desperate father that fell at the feet of Jesus who cried out and said, Please come to my home and see my daughter. She is dying. I know that. I know that for a fact. I wouldn't have left her in desperation to come to you if there were questions. But I know that she is dying. So Jesus looks at him and he agrees. And they begin to make their way. And it seems like progress is being made. And maybe hope and faith starts to rise in Jarius when all of a the sudden they get caught in a traffic jam. Isn't that just the way that life sometimes works out? You think, man, something's going good. Something's going in my favor. I finally feel a blessing coming. I, I finally feel like God's about to do something. And then life just hits you square in the face and reality hits you. And you get stuck in traffic and you get this obstacle between you and what God wants to do for you. And you get frustrated and you're saying, why God? Why now would we get caught in traffic? I I didn't see any of this when I was coming to you. And now there's a crowd of people. Now there is something trying to keep you from getting to my daughter. They get caught in this massive delay from some woman who then comes with an issue, her own issue, and she begins pushing through the crowd. She begins to get the attention shifted from what Jesus is trying to accomplish with Jairus. And this woman who has her need comes, and she touches the hem of his garment. And there's this huge pause and this huge delay. And we talk about her all the time and her issue of blood and, and what God did for her. But can you imagine with me in this moment, Jairus, standing, 
laying there, probably panicking, pulling his hair, tugging his clothes, looking at the time. Oh, God, I know this lady needs you too, but I came in desperation. I know this lady needs a miracle too, but, but God, you told me, you, you told me we could go and see my daughter. And now there's this delay. Now there's this, this other lady who has stepped in and I could see him standing there panicking. We don't have time. I, she's dying. Don't you know that she's dying? God, you said we would go. I know this lady needs your help, but my daughter is dying. The Bible says that while he yet spake to this lady, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. Now his daughter is no longer dying. Now he gets the word that his daughter is dead. Now there's not a scripture that states how Jairus felt in this moment. There's not a book out there that tells us what was going on in his heart when he heard the devastating news. I don't know if there was five seconds, five minutes, or however long from the time that those words were spoken to him to the next verse. But I know how we would respond in that moment. When we're sitting there and, and we were making progress, but then all of a sudden somebody says, I'm sorry, but she's gone. Don't, don't trouble him anymore. I know the anger that probably could rise up inside of some of us towards that woman that stopped him. Why did you do that? Why did you do that when my daughter was dying? Why did God stop? Why did we stop in this crowd? Why didn't we just go? Our humanity would creep in and we would have so many questions and so much frustration and hurt. And oh God, my daughter is now dead. Why did you wait so long, God? Why was there such a delay? Why did we have to get caught in the crowd? I know my thoughts enough to know that I would have a hard time not feeling those ways. And some of you who have dealt with loss and you've dealt with devastation and you've had things in your life and you too have questioned, God, why did this have to happen? God, why couldn't they have had to sit at one more red light? God, why couldn't you have stepped in that hospital room earlier, Lord? Why did this have to happen? We all have those haunting memories of things that have happened in our lives that we do not understand. When it doesn't happen in our timing and we are upset with God because of delay, your dream may die in that delay, but you hear me, God is not done. For he says, but when Jesus heard it, when he heard the words from that one come bearing bad news, he answered him saying, fear not, believe only and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in except Peter, James and John. And the father and the mother of the maiden and all wept and bewailed her. But he said, weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing 
knowing that she is dead, knowing there's no pulse, knowing it's hopeless. Now, God, I am not a doctor. I'm not saying that I am intelligent. I'm not saying I have any sort of degree that would qualify me. But I know this much. She is dead. I know this much, God. My ministry is dead. My passion is gone. My love has faded. My burden has lifted. And that girl is not sleeping. She is gone. It is over. I felt her cold body. I saw that she had quit breathing. I know, I know, I know that she is dead. Some of us, we have put too much emphasis on what we know. Instead of heeding the words of the psalmist that said, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. We say, trust in our knowledge with all our heart and lean completely on our own understanding. We put too much emphasis on what we know. Things I think I know. I know donkeys do not talk. I know axe heads do not come swimming. I know that bushes do not burn and are not consumed. I know that lions would surely eat a man. I know that an ark made of gopher wood that took a fella a whole lot of time should not float for that long and sustain that many people and those animals. I know some things, but you know what? What I know really does does not matter when God says it's going to be this way when God says don't you fret don't worry I'm asking you only believe you've got to say this is what I know but I've got to set what I know aside and say that doesn't matter right now if he says believe if he says there's hope if he says my dream's not dead if he said my ministry's not gone if he said my child is not lost then I've got to cling to that and I've got to hold on to that it doesn't matter what I know when God steps into the room that's all that matters when he follows me into that place where there are dead things and he says I'm gonna do something I've got to trust God that he's gonna do it we say well I've heard or I was taught I was told, granddaddy told me, I read in a magazine, I saw this on the news. You hear me tonight, I don't care what you know. When Jesus walks into the room, everything changes. When God shows up on the scene, it really doesn't matter what we thought about it. It really doesn't matter our opinion. All that matters is what does God have to say about it? What does God want to do in that situation most translations don't say it like this but the King James version doesn't hold back any punches it doesn't shy away from how he felt in that moment but it says he showed them the door He told them, all right, all of you that are crying and weeping and laughing at me because of what you know I want you to step outside I want you to go outside of here. We don't need any doubters. We don't need any mockers. We don't need any disbelief. I need all of you that are laughing right now. I'm going to have to ask you to step out because I'm about to do something in here. 
Some of you, we've laughed, we've mocked, we've, we, oh, not me, God, not, not them, Lord, not, not them. No, God, God's saying, hold on just a minute. Behind this door, I'm about to do something. I'm about to work a miracle in this place, if you would only believe. He said, I'm showing you the door. And it is in this moment where Jesus and your problem are face to face. You can't see what's going on. Because now Jesus puts you in a place where you don't know. He puts you behind a closed door where you seem alone. And you you don't know what's going on next door. Oh God, what are you doing over there on the other side? I, I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. He said, well, you knew two minutes ago what was going on you knew just a moment ago you knew a whole lot of stuff you really didn't know what you were talking about so when I put you on the other side you really don't know what's happening but God says I'm taking this girl by the hand and I'm putting you in a place where you don't see what's going on and he puts you in a place where it's your problem versus his power it's your dead daughter versus his power it's your dead dream versus his power and he took her by the hand and called saying maid arise and her spirit came again and she arose straightway and mom and daddy are on the outside they see what's going on they hear footsteps they hear their little girl laughing and talking and screaming and they're astonished saying my what just happened I know she was dead I know what was going on I felt it with my own hand But when God showed up, it didn't matter what you knew. All that matters is that he had a miracle that he wanted to accomplish that night. You hear me tonight? You've come into this place with your own dead dreams, your own dead daughters, your own things to worry about. And God is saying, come on, show me where she's at. Show me where that dream's at. Show me where it's lying. I want to go over to it. I want to take it and I want to lift it up and tell it I'm not done done with it yet praise God I'm not here tonight to challenge anyone's intelligence I'm not here to say that your degree is useless and that you've wasted your time with schooling but when what I know begins to get in the way of what God wants to do I have a very big problem That is why I have got to get a hold of Jesus. That is why I have got to believe in Jesus. It's not about what I know. It's about who I know. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 through 12 says, Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, Not according to our schooling and our knowledge and our wisdom, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Going down to verse 12, for the which cause I also suffer these things. 
Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Don't you let what you know get in the way of who you know. Don't you let your own fear and worry and anxiety get in the way of who you know. When you know him and you know all he's capable of, you know he heals cancer, you know he delivers, you know he sets free, you know he makes a way where there seems to be no way, you know him, you know the name of Jesus, you know that he's a rock that you can run to, you know that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. When you know him, that's all that matters. It's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Paul said, I know the one in whom I believe. I know the one whom I trust. I am persuaded. He didn't say, now, Timothy, this is my opinion on things. He didn't say, this is my thoughts. No, he said, I know. I know the one in whom I believe. He didn't end it saying, I know. Because it wasn't about his own knowledge wasn't about what he had acquired through books and teaching. It was the latter part that was the difference maker. And once you get a hold of that, that, my friends, is the game changer. For he is the only one that matters. I'm not saying we don't need to know doctrine. We need to know doctrine. I'm not saying we don't need to know holiness. We need to know holiness. I'm not saying we don't need to know what we believe. But if you claim to know all of that and you don't know him, then you don't know anything. But when I know him, when I know that he is the one in whom I believe, I know in whom I believe, then everything else will fall into place. Because if you really know him, you will know holiness. If you really know him, you will know doctrine. If you really know him, you will know what you believe. The reason we live in a world where people are having an identity crisis and they don't know who they are or what they are is because they don't know who he is. We sang it this morning. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. It only matters what he has to say. It only matters what he his word has already spoken over me. It only matters that I get a hold of who he is and get a hold of that great I am. If God be for me, who can be against me? He's greater than sickness. He's greater than disease, greater than sin, greater than my failures, greater than my troubles. There comes such a strength in our identity when we get a hold of the whom. Peter would have never jumped out of that boat if he didn't know it was him out there. He said, Lord, if it's you, I'm not jumping out of this thing for just anybody. But if it's you, I know you. 
I know I can trust you. I know I can climb out of this thing if it's you. I know you're going to work a miracle if it's you. You know, the what, the things I do know is without you, I will sink, I will fall. I'm not even going to make it one second. But I know you. And because I know you, if you bid me come, I will come. And the Lord said, well, come on then. It's me. And he stepped out of that boat. And he began to do what no man could do except Jesus himself. He said, Lord, because it's you, I know everything's going to be all right. David would have never stepped out to fight a giant with just his sling and stones if he didn't know who was with him. David said, you come to me with a sword and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. It's not what I come with, it's who I come with. It's not what we have that is important by any means. It's the power that comes from a loaded God that is ready to fire at any moment. Elijah went before the prophets of Baal and there was not about what they believed. It was about who they were going to believe in. And they said, well, we'll just let the real God show up and show off. It's about the whom. In Acts 4, they were trying to silence the disciples from preaching. They didn't care what they were saying. They cared about who they were preaching about. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Our God is able to deliver us. Well, don't you know when you step in that fire, you're going to burn crispy? Oh, we know that. But we also know our God is able to deliver us. It doesn't matter that I know what fire will do to me, but it does matter a whole lot what he wants to do with me. If he says go, I'm going to go. If he says walk into that fire, I'm going to walk into that fire. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to take him at his word. I'm going to believe on him and not what I know. Their identity was not in their ability or lack thereof. Their identity was not based on what kind of home they lived in or what kind of parents they had. Their identity did not come from a lesson taught in the school classroom. Their identity did not come based on what they believed and what they knew or what they felt. Nothing mattered but Jesus. Kings and nations crumbled in fear when the people of God were approaching. Not because they had bigger weapons, not because they had more men on their side, not because they had all this cool gadgets and tanks and weaponry that was going to make it a losing battle for them, but they would hear that the Lord was on their side. They would hear that God was fighting for them and the enemy would shake. They would run. They would cower down because God was with them. That ought to encourage somebody tonight that says I know what dead things I have in my life I know everything that's going wrong right now I know those things but I also know that there is a God that is fighting for me there is a God that is fighting on my behalf working for me so it doesn't matter what I feel it doesn't matter that I might be intimidated it doesn't matter that I I might worry sometimes times, but I know, I know, I know there's
there's a God that is working for my good. I know there's a God taking every step before I ever get there, saying, don't you worry about what you know. Just get a hold of who you know. Just understand when I'm working, when I'm moving, when I'm operating, there is nothing I cannot do. I'll part seas for you. I'll make a way in a wilderness for you. I'll send a cloud of fire. I'll go all around you. I'll send horses and chariots of fire. I'll give a great sound for you. Let's stand all over this house right now. I know, I know in whom I believe. He's the one who walked on water. He's the one that took nails in his hands and his feet. He's the one that went into a borrowed tomb and rose again three days later. I know whom I have believed. It doesn't matter what I'm facing. It doesn't matter what I know. Facts are facts. Figures are figures. Until God shows up. Until God begins to move. Praise God. Praise God. Tell you what I want us to do right now. I'm not talking about somebody sick. Somebody's got a headache. I'm talking about dead. Dead. Been dead. Not dying. Not on the way down. But you've reached that dead end, literally. You've had all you can take. You've cried your last tear. You've you've vented for your last time. You've gone to your last counseling session. You've gone to your last doctor visit. And you know too much. You know too much. You've been through too much. You've had too many bad doctor reports. You've had too many bad things spoken into your ears. You've faced too many problems. The school of hard knocks has taught you and taught you and taught you. And you're done learning from that. And you say, I know too much. I've seen the scans. I've seen the doctor's report. I've seen the bank account. I know too much. I'm telling you today, God's here. And he's come to grab that dead thing. And he's come to resurrect it tonight. Whether it's a dream, a ministry, a lost son or daughter, whatever it is, you and God know right now. I want you to lift that before the Lord right now. Let every hand be lifted in this place. And I want you to say, God, right now, God, I know you. God, if you've got to make me step aside out of the equation for you to do what you've got to do, so be it. But God, I have this daughter that is dead, this dream that is dead, this desire that is dead. Lord, I need you to move. 
looks like. I know what I'm up against. But God, you are in this place. You are here, Lord. Resurrected God. Heal me, God. Heal me, God. 